Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that. To hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect. This is the session, and I am Scott here with Tom, our life coach. Every February here on the session, we celebrate what Tom calls Love Month. That's right. We do that just so Tom doesn't forget his anniversary, (laughs) which is Valentine's Day. And And, Hallmark helps. And Hallmark helps, too. And you got both you and Kathy's birthdays this month. That's right. Yeah. Oi. Yes. I mean, this is celebration month for sure for you. And then March is, uh, yeah, that's uh, the crying month. That's right. Because you try to pay it all off. Month of bankruptcy is we... (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we're going to continue our celebration of Love Month by talking about what Tom calls the five-cylinder intimacy engine of marriage. Before we do that, Tom, let's dive into God's Word. Well, and Scott, I think this is a very appropriate passage today. Uh, In Genesis 2.24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. When we talk about one flesh, it, it involves a number of different intimacies that we're going to unpack today. And this it's a five-cylinder engine. That's right. So I can't imagine that running really well on I-71. No, no, yeah, <laughs> you're right. But it runs well in marriage. Well, and yeah, the, the, believe it or not, over the years I've done this, someone actually let me know that it might have been Renal actually had a five-cylinder engine. Did they really? Right. I'll be darned. But a five won't run any better on four than a six will run on five or an eight will run on seven. Right. So in order to have a successful marriage, these five things need to be there to some degree. The five-cylinder intimacy engine explains the Genesis 2.24, why a man leaves his father or mother and joins to his wife. You know, Scott, maybe what we want to do, let's go to number five and work our way to number one because... This, okay. There's a there's a hierarchy here. We're going to go from least intimate to most. Okay. All right. Let's do that. So this is this will be the bottom of the pyramid. Right. If you were putting this in a pyramid scheme. Okay. All right. So that would be recreational. Yeah. So the least intimate in marriage would be recreational. It might be a sport that you play together. It could be a hobby. Kathy and I. When we were dating and early in our marriage, we'd play a lot of tennis. And that was fun. We would do it together. Then, more current, we play golf together. I think it's safe to say, doesn't have the passion for golf that I do. Okay, I could agree with that. We have this common phrase between the two of us. I don't have enough megabytes to learn anything else. <laughs> It seems to be very common in golf. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. But what we've done is design a format in golf where she can be very competitive. 
Now, you did something with this, too. This was not just, great, here's a set of clubs, let's go out to Possum Run. Right. You had to put some set some goals with Kathy, didn't you? Yeah. And with you, because, you know, you're at this level, Kathy's at this level. How did you go about doing that? How did goals work for that? Our goal was probably about the frequency of how often we would go out. And then a goal might be once we were out playing, we might talk about one little thing that could be helpful. It ended up with, Tom, I'll let you know if I need it, <laughs> which was okay. I got the message, and yeah, and we would just play. When we look at goal setting, you want to be able to measure it. Well, we were going to go out once a week, so that we was going to measure it. Then what we're actually talking about is the action plan, which is, includes where, when, how. That was swinging. Yeah, yeah. You have to swing like that's way too much. No, 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 no. Never mind. Then over time, well, once a week. A week is oftentimes a good for one for goal setting. Okay. So a goal of the week. Right. We'll dive into that in more detail as we go along here. Even the recreational, the least intimate of the five cylinders in the engine. That's true. Well, the other theme I probably, and I won't spend a lot of time on it, that we've talked about in history was we've had a running rivalry, now 49 years old, of air hockey. Oh, boy. Where I have never won two out of three or three out of five rounds with Kathy. She finds it to be great sport to put her little guy in front of her net and laugh hysterically <laughs> at me as I try to find all these creative ways to. It hasn't. It doesn't work that way. No. The fourth cylinder in our five-cylinder intimacy engine of marriage, as we go from the the least intimate to the most intimate, is the mental cylinder of the engine. So let's un- unpack this a little bit. So it's things like planning. You might plan a trip, a vacation. You might plan how you want to save money, and, and that's a mental exercise to talk about budget and talk about what our goals are or you know, why are we out of money by the third week of the month? Or it, it could also include things like discussing politics. That could be important. And, and when couples can do that, it's really good because, you know, usually not everybody can talk about politics. Not all of us want to. It could easily be a landmine in a we, relationship. But yet it's something that's got to come out in the relationship too, which is part of prepare, which we have talked about where maybe things like that come out. And then it just depends on, well, okay, so how important is that in your world? If you're one thing and they're the other, how big a deal is that to you? Yeah, which represents another whole show in itself. Exactly, and we will not dive into that. Yeah. Okay, so how do we set a goal for the mental when it comes to planning stuff? Now, Sherry is, for me, Sherry is the money person. Right. There's me and balancing the checkbook. Why should I do that when I have a wife with an accounting degree? Exactly. It just doesn't make any sense. She hates doing it, but she's definitely better at it than I am. So I'm like, please. And she's like, but it leads to a communication highway when it comes time for a vacation. And all of a sudden I want to be the one to plan the anniversary slash Mother's Day trip that we're taking in May. You know, Sherry, what can we do? Or I go to her and say, okay, I found this hotel. And she looks at me and goes, <clears throat> step down one. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Go to this one. Okay, uh-huh. gotcha. You know, but that way at least it, it does another thing. It opens up the communication highway 
and it gets us talking together. When we talk about some of the planning that can take place, well, uh, again, we want to be specific. We want uh, Our goal is about saving money for the Mother's Day anniversary, Christmas, Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Put all the holidays into one weekend. Here you go. Four days. Yes. You get it. Yeah. And, and so, again, how many times is, during the week are we going to until we're done? Well, maybe we set a goal to talk about it twice this week. Part of the next one, the action plan, when we talk about SMART goals, the A stands for action. That includes when, where, and how. And why not make it worthwhile rather than, you know, sitting over the kitchen table? Maybe you go out for coffee or tea or something, a dessert, and, you know, do it and make it somewhat special. Maybe you'll be more likely to do it. And there's a certain amount of of pressure then to keep your act together (laughs) in in a restaurant. See, the hard part is for me, even after 40 years plus of marriage, I want to try to surprise her sometimes. I can't surprise her. Okay. Because we have to talk about the money first. Ah, there you go. I can't plan a hotel and a, you know, when are we going to go? Because her work schedule is very specific. There's only certain times of the month she can leave work. So I have to make sure the schedule is okay. And then she starts asking questions. Uh, Yeah. Well, okay, I was going to surprise you with a weekend getaway. Oh, well, yeah, but we can't. And then we start, you know, then it turns into other stuff. But, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I'd like to be able to surprise her from time to time, but I can't. It's just not. What, what a great idea. Maybe she gives me credit for trying. Exactly. You know? and, and I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I can put that in the emails back to Sherry. <laughs> Look, he's at least making an effort. Give him some credit. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And so for us, there are times when I want to surprise her too. And I might say, okay, we're going to go away this weekend. And where are we going? Well, and I'm like, honey, trust me. <laughs> she starts That's laughing. That's she starts laughing. <laughs> Hysterically. Did you say trust? <laughs> I gotta call your I gotta call our daughter. She's gonna love this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust right. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So other than laughing at our own marital habits, we are talking about the five cylinder intimacy engine of marriage today on the session. We're starting with the least intimate moving to the most intimate. And so we started with recreational and mental. Now, number three is the emotional cylinder of the engine. And as we talk about the emotional cylinder, Scott, let me share one other quick story about mental that this just happened last weekend. Oh, boy. I took her out to dinner. I picked it. She had no idea where we were going. And bless her heart, she really played along with it. We went right down Lexington Avenue where there's all kinds of different restaurants to get. We ended up at Uncle John's on the square. It was a surprise. So anyway, emotional intimacy. How huge is this? That believe it or not, and and I've told the couples that I've treated over the years, you guys said, I do. You got together for a reason because emotionally... It felt good to be around each other. But we, you know, over the years, what's happened to that emotional bond? 
Well, when we talk about what uh, the book of Genesis talks about with becoming one, emotionally, it's a oneness. You'd be surprised the number of couples who one of them would say to me, Tom, I can't cry in front of my spouse. He or she would make fun of it. My spouse would make some kind of knock it off comment or tough it, it up. Yeah. Something like that. How horrible that they can't experience it. Uh, you know, how about the loss of a family member and what you really want to do is be held and just be able to cry and talk about that family member and they don't buy into it. They don't believe, they don't know it. It is really sad. There has to be an emotional vulnerability there so that they can. That's critical. And that's that's part of building that part of the engine. Okay, let's go to the next. <laughs> the second most important in, an intimate. in the in intimacy, this would be the physical cylinder of the engine. Now, in marriage, that means the bedroom Olympics. Yes. Okay. I, I don't think if you're married you know what we're talking about when we say the bedroom Olympics. We're not going to go into detail here because we know that there are little ears within earshot. Right. But can there be goal setting done with the bedroom Olympics? Believe it or not, there can be. Okay. All right. What's really funny is... You ought to see the little, the little glint in Tom's eye right now. <laughs> Looks like he's 17 again. <laughs> Yeah, it's that look I get when I'm about to be ornery. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> okay, I'll... I'll, I'll uh, all right, so careful. yeah, okay, focus back and zoom in. Time. <laughs> yeah. For one, frequency can be a goal setting. And I think it's just important to say that we want to normalize, depending on the stage of marriage that you're in, then the frequency would probably start out probably it's much greater when you're first married. And over the years, it becomes less because you're in a different stage of life. It's called maturity. And it's also called parenting, too. (laughs) (laughs) Valid point. There are a lot more interruptions when you have kids, yes. You know, the, the old discussion is dad's really wound up wanting to have a great time in the bedroom Olympics. And you know, he's thinking about it, and then his, his wife it comes crawling into bed after having dealt with the children all day, and she's exhausted. Her head hits the pillow. She's sound asleep. Well, you know, that's because they've spent how many hours working? Right. And, and I hope that, that what the listeners are hearing is that that's important. That's why some writers have actually said, guys, you want to turn your wives on? Tell her to take the night off. You'll take care of the children. Go start a bubble bath, relax, take your best favorite book in there and read it. Well, believe it or not, that can be really exciting for some women. Because they will then feel valued. Yes. Help me with the rest of them. I got got you valued. That's (laughs) important, cherished, and loved. And so when they feel that, they're They're more willing to be responsive. Right. And this can go both sides of the aisle here. You know, if you're the stay-at-home dad... And you've been with three kids all day long. Outnumbered. Outnumbered, (laughs) yeah, because they're all girls. Mm. You know, Mom, when you come home, honey, why don't you go take a long, hot shower, go read your Sports Illustrated, (laughs) relax. Yeah. I got it tonight. So that's kind of the idea 
of how you can make a goal setting work, even with the bedroom Olympics. And so it may also include getting romantic about it. Or a couple's goal may be to do a 24-hour getaway or 48-hour getaway. So that it's all about the relationship. It's not just about the Olympics. But let's experience as many of these five as possible while we're out on a 24-hour getaway. There, there are some couples out there that you're asking me to let my children stay with their grandparents? No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. They haven't been apart from their children. But it's very true. In reality, the day will come when the last little one's patties will go out the door and it's going to be the empty nest. And you're going to look at each other and go, who are you? Yeah, which we would call the empty nest syndrome. So why not we do something that will make it powerful and, and maintain it? And let's fuel the tank and keep it fueled throughout marriage. Right. All right, here it is. Number one, right. the most intimate part of the five-cylinder intimacy engine of marriage. Right. I've never had to read a title so many times. It's <laughs> as long as this one, Tom. All right, it is the spiritual component. Now, unpack that for us. Well, yeah, it's about having devotions together. Again, the number of couples who don't do it together or don't do it, period. So when we look at the correlation between having devotions together on a regular basis and in Christian marriage and the divorce rate, the statistics are absolutely encouraging and motivating to say, this is really a great investment. There's very, very little opportunity for divorce in couples who are connected with Jesus and then they're sharing that with each other. One of the great examples in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12, the scriptures talk about the threefold cord. So if you were, we were in the sanctuary somewhere and I held up a rope and it was dangling down, it would look like one to the audience. But if I showed them the end where I had cut it off, they would see three strands there all wrapped so tightly together that when you look at the big picture, it looks like one. That's a great example of what intimacy ought to be in marriage and successful five cylinders running. <laughs> and we, we're not puttering home at all with four <laughs> out of five. Well, help that rope look very tight. So sometimes with couples, I've had the discussion about, well, it appears to me as though if we looked at the threefold cord, maybe one of the strands is sticking way out over here and this is becoming frayed. What are we going to do about it? So goal setting, if you haven't done devotions, then let's look at it per week. Our vision, our long-term goal is to do it every day. But let's have some short-term goals because we want to build success. And be able to celebrate Success. Imagine that. Uh, we did it. We did see, it. See, and you never know when you celebrate success in one cylinder, it may lead to success in another cylinder. Exactly. And right on down the line. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna play one devil's advocate with you here because we're almost done and I don't okay. have a lot of time. All right. Would I be safe to say that in most cases, especially early in a marriage, that most guys would think the physical engine or the physical cylinder 
is the most important part of the engine. Oh, yeah, they would. Meanwhile, the woman is thinking the emotional part or right. maybe the spiritual part. Yeah, and so sometimes when I get past number three and I'm like, anybody in here want to guess what the last two are? <laughs> sometimes the men are, are disappointed <laughs> that it's number two and not number one or right. the second most right. intimate. But that's why when we talk about least to most, some of the least ones are easy to build momentum with. And we begin to celebrate and acknowledge if he or she is your soulmate, your best friend, then don't you think you should be doing some of these things? If a couple, Scott, struggles with a specific cylinder, you know, I, I've had couples say to yeah, Tom, it'd be nice if the cylinder engine was running at all. <laughs> then it, that's where we want to be proactive and intentional about our marriage. I don't necessarily think that healthy marriage happens because you woke up one day and said, ah, we've got a great marriage and we got it all figured out. Right. More so, it's when you're intentional about it, you want to invest time in it. Well, Scripture also talks about you reap from what you've sown. You're not going to sow. You're not going to reap. All right. Last thing here, Tom, as we wrap it up. We've been talking about uh, this five-cylinder intimacy engine of marriage, and we've been talking about goal setting within it. Right. Okay. Now, there's also a goal setting pillar that you teach called SMART. Real quick, kind of just run through the five cylinders or the five pillars of SMART goals? The S stands for specific. We specifically are going to talk about the budget or we're going to specifically talk about... Devotions. Yeah. In order to be in position to celebrate, to be successful and celebrate, we want to be able to measure it. So that's the key to me is that we want to be successful because successful goal setting then produces at least eight top emotional needs when we're successful and we celebrate it. So people are going to want to do it again. And that's where we take two and our goal becomes three. Now they've been specific, they've been measurable. Now the action plan. How do we do that? Exactly. It can include when, it can include where, it can include how, and it also can include who. Now, the reason I say who is because maybe something you're wanting to set as a goal, you don't know how to do. Another couple can come along and do it with you for a while until you understand and can do it. Right. You celebrate, and then you go off on your own. Now, the next one is, I think, is important here. I would say it's probably the most important because when you don't reach your goals right away, some people pitch goal setting. Well, it didn't work for me. Yep. But this is why this one's so important is let's say your your goal, if we're talking about working out, was going to be three days this week and you did two. Well, you didn't reach your goal. Rather than pitch the idea of goal setting, we revise it. So next week, let's see if we can do two or more. So you're specific, you're measured, you're action, you revise. And then the, the T in SMART is? Time. It's over time. There are a number of ways to look at it. Most common goals could be per week. Next is per day. 
So that's just a, that's a real quick picture. Usually Tom and I do smart goals, and it's an entire episode all by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've kind of wrapped that into the five-cylinder intimacy engine of marriage today on the session. And if you're looking at those cylinders and going, or even at, the, at, at smart goals and going, you know what, there's only one cylinder running, and it ain't that smart. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps sitting down with a life coach like Tom could be beneficial. How can they sit down with you and start a conversation? Well, Scott, I can be reached if somebody out there wants to become more proactive and intentional in their marriage at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com and tom.hccm at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 